Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie here, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and I'm returning to focus on our new series of podcasts for early career teachers and mentors. Joined are Helen Morgan, a previous head of school and associate of Thirsty Scholars Partnership, and Andy Bridge, current deputy principal. In our last podcast, we explored developing your subject knowledge, and today we're focusing on what are the key components of great teaching. So a big ask for our conversations today. We all have our own style and persona in the classroom, but there's a clear research base about what aspects of teaching combine to make an effective lesson or series of lessons. Today, we're going to explore a wide range of pedagogical approaches to planning and delivering highly effective lessons, including modelling, scaffolding, high quality explanations, metacognition, classroom talk and homework. So we've got a lot to try and cover in our short time today. So I'm going to start straight away over to Andy. And what are the key components of great teaching, Andy? Morning, Georgie. <laughs> it's uh, not easy to summarise in a, a sentence or two. But... <laughs> Um, you know, when we look at the um, early career framework, as we said um, at the start of this series, there's a really good body of research that underpins that um, that framework. Um, and, and based on that research and the, the studies they looked at, um, they kind of have drawn out various different things. Um, many of them we've talked about before in the, the Rosenshine Principles series of the podcast, but, um, you know, a few in particular, modelling, scaffolding, really thinking about our explanations, making them as clear as we can, metacognition, classroom talk and homework, I would say, um, are some of the the kind of key principles that the ECF flags as being crucial for early career teachers to to know and understand. Excellent. And Helen, what does the research tell us? So it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, this is a big topic, like Andy said. Um, You know, I think if it was the Encyclopedia Britannica, it would probably span many walls. Um, But a great document that summarises lots of the research on what great teaching looks like is a document called um, the Great Teaching Toolkit. And it was produced in June 2020 by Evidence-Based Education and Cambridge Assessment International Education. Um, It's a free download. If anybody wants to look it up, you just go to Google and Google Great Teaching Toolkit. Um, And what they've done is they've they've looked at lots of research, um, both domestic research and international research, on what makes great teaching and then they've identified four key dimensions that help students to to learn best. Um, The first one is understanding the content. So that very much links to the, the podcast that we did recently on subject knowledge. So teachers need to understand the content 
that they're teaching well. They need to have really good subject knowledge and linked to that, they need to understand the best ways of teaching that subject. In other words, their pedagogical content knowledge, they need to be able to identify common misconceptions. Um, the second dimension is creating a supportive learning environment. So getting the culture and climate in the classroom right. In other words, creating those conditions for successful learning. Um, I think for, for early career teachers, um, managing the classroom well and managing behaviour can be a real challenge. And they identify as the third dimension, maximising opportunity to learn. Um, and in order to maximise opportunities to learn, we've got to minimise any disruption to that learning. So that's all about how you manage your classroom really well. And then the last piece, um, you know, links to lots of those ideas that Andy's talked about, like explanations, modelling and scaffolding. And that's about activating hard thinking with students. And I think one of the key things that we always want to try and do is develop not just, um, you know, thinking learners, but develop thinking teachers, um, teachers who can respond um, to new ideas and can embrace new ideas with, you know, an element of confidence. Um, Andy, I don't know whether you you connect with any of those at all. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, as, as um, you were talking through them then, I was kind of just making connections in my head with other bits of research that we've been looking at. And we've got these kind of bodies of research now with the Great Teaching Toolkit, the EEF, um, you know, a lot of the work that we've done on Rosenshines and um, however we, we package it up, we kind of keep coming back to the same kind of key um, principles. So I think it's a, you know, a really good time in in education, teaching and learning where we're, we're confident that we've engaged with this big body of research and really identified some of these core principles that we should really work and embed in into our practice and then you know it really aligns well with the early career framework that we're looking at in particular um in this series so yeah so it looks like a great um a great kind of package of research absolutely and andy we've talked a lot about these things in other podcasts um one thing we haven't really talked about is classroom talk and what should a, an early career teacher focus on with this yeah i think it's um so important and, and with classroom talk or oracy or um, dialogic teaching whatever we want to call it it's um i think for many years it, it oracy has been kind of seen as like the poor relation of reading and writing and not kind of given the focus and priority um that that reading and writing have in terms of developing students literacy but it's so important and i think we can we can think about classroom talk as learning to talk as in how do we make our students better speakers you know depending on the stage that you're teaching in that might be in EYFS where you, you know you're literally focusing on learning how to talk or it could be learning how to be a great speaker um you know in terms of public speaking and confidence and presenting so there's those elements of learning to talk but there's also talking to learn and using talk using discussion using debate using argument using presentation as a as a mechanism to further the the learning that we're doing within the subject so I think that distinction and recognizing the role that oracy plays in learning to talk but also talking to learn um, is really crucial and we know that 
where we get this right, it can really help learners to articulate their ideas um, clearly and coherently to consolidate their understanding, to extend the vocabulary. Um, and doing a lot of work on oracy and classroom talks are really great way into writing. So we get to a point where if students can say something really well, they're much more likely to write it well. Um, and on a personal level, I think the one of the real benefits of um, engaging in classroom talk a lot and setting it really well is we know it's a great leveler in terms of socioeconomic disadvantage and um, you know helping with social mobility if we can embed this in our classrooms the impact it can have yes on learning and progress but also like future life chances of children I just think is phenomenal. I think just building on what Andy said there as well you know kind of it, it is a real leveler um, and I think one of the the things that early career teachers can do is then put into practice some really concrete strategies that enable classroom talk to happen. So, you know, there are things like think, pair, share. Um, again, if you establish really clear protocols, it means that the talk is well managed, um, that students know the routines for talk, and that can be really helpful. And I think, you know, when we think about questioning um, students and developing talk, um, a, a strategy that often is used is pose, pause, pounce, bounce, um, where the teacher poses a question. They then pause and give the students some thinking time. From there, they pounce on a student for a response. But then what they do is they bounce around the classroom and that kind of talk can be really powerful because what it does is it really promotes extended and deeper thinking um, and it encourages students to build on ideas, to maybe see things from different perspectives. And that can be a really kind of helpful way of getting started. But I think when we think about introducing classroom talk, teachers can't assume that it will just happen. You've got to plan for it and you've got to introduce some structures and protocols um, that will really kind of enable that. And, you know, observing really experienced teachers and other colleagues um, is a way for an ECT to maybe kind of look at some of those approaches and some of those strategies in context. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, we're back to the conversation that we had last time and, and focusing on the scaffolding, but then also about managing the classroom expectations and and um, that the learner also knows how they're learning and, and that these protocols become something the students are familiar with when they're, when they're told that we're going to do a think-pair-share activity. They know what to experience. Um, or what to expect and I think um, it's a, a, a good opportunity to sort of share a, a course that we've got with Thirsty Scholars around how to develop oracy in the classroom and it's about giving the learners that voice, giving them an opportunity to discuss things and unpack things further but it does absolutely have to be managed, it's not something that just happens organically, it needs to be structured to really truly embed and, and um, scaffold learning. So Helen, what aspects of pedagogy might an ECT struggle with, do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, um, we all kind of struggle with different things as an early career teacher. Um, but I think for me, kind of one of the things that certainly kind of I struggled with when when I was at the start of my career was um, 
how did I translate some of the theory into practice? So I could read the book about something, I could read a piece of research, but thinking about what would that look like in the classroom was much harder. And I think, you know, if you look at something like metacognition, um, that's something that even really experienced teachers often struggle to get to grips with. And I think one of the things that we've got to to do is is work really hard with early career teachers, particularly mentors in this context, um, with helping early career teachers to unpack some of these concepts and approaches and to think about, you know, what does it what does it actually look like? So, you know, if we think about metacognition, um, what we're trying to do is teach students how to have a game plan for their learning. And, you know, when they're, they're perhaps facing a task, just simply te teaching them to stop and think, OK, how am I going to approach this task? What is it that I already know that might help me or what have I already done before that might help me? And, you know, even a question like how long do I need to spend on this? i.e. not the, the least amount of time possible, <laughs> which is, you know, sometimes the case can be really helpful. So I think for me, um, it's about unpacking the theory and really, you know, having some conversations about what would this look like in your classroom? OK, one way that you might try it is like this. And I think giving teachers, particularly early career teachers, some language around how to do that can be really helpful again in, in previous podcasts we've talked about analogies you know and, and you know maybe kind of thinking about metacognition particularly the the strategy planning and goal setting as as having a game plan for learning mm -hmm. is an easy way to to contextualize that um i think the other thing that an early career teacher might struggle with um and again andy might have a, a view on this is We've talked so far about modelling, scaffolding, questioning, high quality classroom talk, metacognition. How do you bring it all together? Um, and, you know, I'm reminded about kind of learning to drive a car. And when you first learn to drive, um, you might be able to change gear, but you'll find it really hard perhaps to, to keep the car straight on the road. Um, and, you know... I failed my driving test um, five times before I passed it. But, but you know, age 49, I've been driving since I was 17. And you learn how to do it with practice. But it does take time. And I think one of the things to bear in mind is that learning to teach is a process. Um, and, you know, that it's okay to kind of bring it together over time. It will, at some point, really begin to click. Yeah, you're um, not you're not the finished article. When you're an early career teacher, you're on the start of the journey. Yes, you've got through the, the teaching bit, but but actually, yeah, you're you're not the finished article. And you probably never will be. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately. So uh, Andy, what's your view on that? I think my top tip, if you like, would be to just embrace the idea that Helen's just said that bringing it all together is really hard, that um, you know, it's a process, it's it's long term. I mean, one way that um, can be really helpful at doing this that schools are embracing through the um, early career framework. Um, but actually with, you know, lots of schools are doing it with all teachers, not just early career teachers, is looking at 
um, instructional coaching and the idea of identifying one small aspect of your practice that's going to have the you know a, a small tweak you can make that'll have the biggest possible impact um and really mastering that small step embedding that in your practice so you know like we've talked previously about fluency and automaticity like get that single thing absolutely fluid and automatic so you don't even need to think about it it's not kind of sitting there in your conscious um brain it, it's automatic before you move on uh, and work on the next thing whereas I think because we want to do the best for students as a tendency to want to do everything at once um, and we probably need to acknowledge actually one thing at a time master it embed it make sure it's absolutely automatic before you move on is probably my top tip for early career teachers thank you Andy I think that's fab and finally Helen what would your key takeaway be yeah I think you know Andy makes such a great point about instructional coaching. I think that has really kind of huge value, um, not not just for early career teachers, but for all teachers about really refining and developing aspects of your practice at that granular level. I think mine would be, you know, to be research informed. So really to to link aspects of pedagogy to the research and think about, you know, if you're going to invest your time in anything, um, invest it in things that we know are the best bets for helping students to learn well. We know that for early career teachers, um, you know, and all teachers, time is precious. Um, we're all concerned about well-being and workload. So use the research to help you to invest your time where it will have the biggest impact. Yeah, brilliant. I think we've covered quite a lot today in a very, very short time. So I think absolutely as an early career teacher, pick one area that you want to focus on, be it metacognition, be it classroom talk, be it scaffolding and, and really, really focus at getting that really right. And once you're confident, then pick up another one and start to build it as a as a as a toolkit. But you can't be the finished article. Um, it's something that you're going to have to build and, and we will carry on throughout our careers as well. In our next podcast, we'll be unpacking, discussing being responsive. And this podcast explores how teachers can teach in a responsive way, supporting all students to make excellent progress, including those with SEND and low prior attainers. Our After the Bell podcasts are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And you can listen to them on your daily commute if you're walking the dog, feeding the cats, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. This has been After the Bell. Thank you for listening to us again. Thank you to Helen and Andy for joining us. Bye bye.